listeners. Words cannot express how excited I am for this episode to finally come to fruition. Some of you may know that this was in fact the very first episode I created when I started this podcast. I had a very hard time finding participants and I am eternally grateful to those who have participated in this week's episode. It's very intimidating and invasive to be vulnerable in such a stigmatized topic and I truly thank everyone that's participated with all my heart. I feel I could have dug a little deeper into numerous avenues, but I was unsure what would be considered prying versus exploring. Hopefully everyone can derive something useful from this. Season 2 will ideally yield another episode full of hearing from partners of escorts. On a side note, I have made a GoFundMe and an attempt to recuperate some of the expenses I've personally incurred over the past 10 months. In reality, season two will be happening regardless. Uh, It would just mean a lot to me if anyone thinks they could offer up something to help offset the cost that this project has personally incurred. Well, let's get to it. I hope everyone is as excited as I am to hear this week's episode hearing from the partners of Escorts. There's a lot of people who are trying things that they've never tried before. Sex! Why do you think people don't see it as work? I don't know. I think it's just too much stigma. What do you mean we can't just go tell people? The vast uh, complexity of human sexuality. The escort. Deconstructed. Oh, today's episode is so exciting. I have two partners of escorts here with me. Um, Would you guys like to introduce yourselves a little bit? Obviously anonymously, but still, just to get an idea of your age demographic, uh, pick a name. Hi, I'm Peter. I'm 58. I live in Niagara, but we work in Toronto. Awesome. And how about yourself? Um, my name is Ace. I'm early 20s and I'm asexual. Asexual. Very cool. So how long have you both been with your partners? Uh, I've been with my partner for, we've been together for 17 years, married for 13. Wow. I like that you know the difference there. Lots of people are just like, we've been together for a certain amount of years. It pays to have those numbers handy. (laughs) I think that it probably goes a long way with her. Yeah. And how long have you been with your partner? It's been a little shorter than that. We've been together almost two years now. Oh, that's a long time still. Two years is a lot. That's a lot of months, a lot of days. I don't want to do the math. I'm going to mess it up. But <laughs> how long into your relationship did your partner disclose that they were a companion? So obviously she hasn't been a companion for 17 years, I assume. No, no. But uh, she, it's, it's something that she'd always talked about and something that she'd always uh, expressed a little bit of interest in or curiosity about. And uh, so it was always sort of on the table. But... Uh, She's been actively doing it, I think, for about seven years now. So, like, on the second date, she was like, hey, one day I might want to be a sex worker. It's it might have been the first date, actually. On the table. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember, but... <laughs> That's really cool, actually. Yeah, no. So, obviously, you were part of the process of when she decided to start. Uh, yeah, I think so. She had a, a regular civvy job, and then that... Uh, that stopped, and then so she thought, okay, now I'm going to do uh, what I've always been thinking about doing, and so she got started with it and has been going ever since. And how long has that been now? It's been about seven years. Wow, okay, almost the same duration as me. 
Is that right? Yeah. yeah. In different places. We start at the same yeah. same place. And how about you? Uh, did you know that your partner was a companion when you met them? Or did she start after you started dating? Uh, she wasn't when we first met, but she started a few months um, into the relationship. Oh, okay. How was that conversation? Well, she already was doing sex work light, if you will. The she massage? Was, uh, no, camming. Oh, online. okay. And I knew about that before we got together. But she then wanted to escalate a little bit because it would have been easier escorting yeah. than camming. Camming is a lot of work for very few It is so revenue. much work. So she wanted something more um, reliable. How long did she cam for then before she started escorting? Because I imagine, like, I think this is just my... I'm not totally sure on the facts, but I think it is quite oversaturated, the camming It really is. Yeah, industry. she camped for about a year before she stopped. Okay. And does she still do that on the side or she just escorts? No. Okay. Cool. It doesn't matter. I'm just, like, infinitely curious. <laughs> so what were your initial thoughts after they started escorting? Either of you. Well, initially, if you... My main thoughts were concerns for her personal safety, I guess. Naturally. And uh, that we'd be able to uh, communicate about it. And she, uh, we, uh, we've got a, a bit of a system going that we've started right from the very beginning where, you know, if she, if she has a, a call coming up, she'll, you know, give me a little buzz beforehand, let me know what's happening. I usually know her schedule anyway. But then you, always after, they'll, we'll get a little all-good text just to make sure everything's okay. And uh, that, that goes a long way to leaving any kind of worries. Or, yeah. Or no, I think agencies make you do that. And ever since I've been independent, I haven't been doing that system. But I think that is a great way to it's stay It's a good safe. one. Yeah, that's, that's, she started at an agency, and that's what they had to do. So we just carried that over. That makes a lot of sense. And what were your initial thoughts when uh, this all started? Uh, it's about the same. I was really worried about safety, and I'd get a little, I mean, a lot, very worried every time she would go out. And we do the same system when uh, she tells me when she's starting and when she's done. And if it's a longer call over five or more hours, usually I request an update in the middle or something. Oh, you're sure. such a good partner. <laughs> That's really nice. Initially, I guess it's, it's hard because these questions all like relate to each other. So I don't know when to start. Did it at all when they started escorting make you feel like your relationship mattered less or like you were threatened in some way or didn't feel adequate because they were escorting now or something along those lines yeah i I never had the feeling that that was why she wanted to be involved in escorting so um i think the main thing that i kept focused on was that uh you know we're partners we've been together for a long time so it wasn't so much like oh one day she just won't come back from a call and that'll be it it was more just a, a recognition of, I think it's important to recognize that the person you're with is a fully functioning, has their own feelings, has their own ideas, has their own thoughts about what they want to do. So as soon as you recognize that and accept that, it makes life a lot easier for everybody. You know, she's yes. my partner, but she's not just an extension of me. She's a full-on human being, obviously, right? But so. you have all these developed feelings. Like, like you, you clearly had to think about it because it crossed your mind. And that must have been tough, though. I, I just mean so many men, or women, sorry, I don't mean to be, but 
when you're dating an escort, you can't just go to your friends and be like, do you guys know what this is like? Do you know what it's like dating an escort? Have you felt this way? And so you just kind of have to figure out your own internal monologue until you settle with it. Right. Well, we've got, we've got it. She's, she does, she's a student as well and does other stuff. So it's, there's that narrative that can always be talked about. Okay, but yeah, yeah, you're right. There is a very a, a big chunk of our lives that we don't talk about to many people. And that there's must a, be there's a few really people. Tough. There's a few people, but not many. And how about you? Did you find it really... Did you feel threatened in any way when she started escorting? No, I don't really view sex as an intimate act for myself. But, you know, I understand that it can be for others. But obviously, we're in a relationship, so there's trust. So I trust her, Mm -hmm. you know. It's not going to escalate beyond just work. And, uh, yeah, like, um, like Peter said, we have to have this conversation with ourselves essentially very early on because otherwise we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it because the relationship would have ended you have to have your own therapy sessions with yourself where you (laughs) sit down and you're like hey let's gather these thoughts (laughs) i like that you said that sex isn't the only form of intimacy or even the main one i feel like i feel that very hard i think that's very accurate so yeah, you said you're asexual, which never happens. Well, that I meet or that anyone admits to me. Can you just tell me a little bit about that? I'm very curious. Um, so asexual means that um, when I do want to have a kid, I just clone myself. No. <laughs> um, it's I don't feel sexual attractions, which means um, I can still have sex, obviously, and mm. it does happen sometimes. I mean, it's it's not really something you can easily describe to someone who isn't because usually people will conflate emotional, aesthetic, uh, romantic, and physical attraction together as in this love or, you know, attraction in general. So it's just, you know, I can still appreciate how my partner looks, but I don't ever feel like, oh... I want to jump your bones now because yes. of it. I just want to cuddle with you and talk exactly. type of thing. Yeah. I totally get it. I might be party sexual. I That's totally get possible. it. So do you, you mentioned that only a little bit of your friends and family know. No family. No family. Some just, friends, yes. Just some friends. Yes. Okay. Does it cause you stress at all to have to lie? On Sometimes because you have to make up. Uh, little stories about where you're going and why you're going there. And, at times. And, yeah. And, uh, you know. So we have a, you know, we have we have some friends that in the city that we do hang around with on a just a purely social basis and stuff. So that sometimes if we're leaving where we live in Niagara, it'll be well we're going to see our friends so and so, and then she'll go off to uh, off to the condo for some calls. <laughs> do you feel like you like like the thrill a little bit? I kind of like the thrill. I'm a little adrenaline junkie. <laughs> <laughs> Are the other friends that know that she is an escort also escorts? Um, no. Oh. No. no. But we were, we were involved in the swinging lifestyle for a few years okay. beforehand, too. Like so, yeah. Okay, to bridge so, that gap isn't yeah. quite that. So the friends that we have from that section of our lives are the ones that know about it, the ones that we've decided to tell or that she's decided to tell. Okay. So there's, there's, a, there's a level of open-mindedness that's out there. That's for us that we were able to tap into that helps a lot. 
Interesting. So do you think you are a fairly good gauge of whether or not someone's going to be open-minded enough to handle it before you take that leap and tell them? Well, it's always up to her because it's her story to tell, course, right? So I, and she's a very good judge of character and gets a good, has a good gut for gut feelings about people. So I just go with whatever, whatever she wants to do. If she want, wants to tell people and feels that they can be trusted and that she feels like it's something she wants to share, then that's fine with me. It's her, it's, as I said, it's her story to tell. I feel like there is a recurring just men, men or women that are partners of escorts are just devoted to their partners in a way that people that aren't in sex work aren't. And it strikes me like it, it's amazing. I don't think normal relationships that their partners are this devoted to making sure they feel comfortable. I think it's ironic because with the with the I don't know about uh, about Ace, but there's just the, the jealousy factor of a, of a regular relationship just doesn't seem to be there. You know, and it's just... Uh, it's not there. Well, yeah. Okay, you know, sometimes it's, you know, we're all human. You feel yeah. something sometimes. But it's just, it's not a it's not a major player in your relationship where you're trying to, you know, you're always wondering where they are, what's going on and whatever, that kind of stuff. But as I said before, it's just a, it's just a question of recognizing the reality of the other person's feelings and wants and desires and that they can legitimately choose their path in life. It's not up to me to do that. That's amazing. And do you uh, do you have to lie to your friends and family on behalf of uh, your partner? Yeah, there's um, a lot of uh, lying involved uh, on the parties. My parents don't know anything, obviously, and uh, I'll do mine. <laughs> I'll plan on telling them anytime soon. Uh, my friends don't know anything either, and I don't think I would. You know, I trust them, but not with this kind of information. Simply because, not because they would like spread it or anything, just because of. The stigma. The judgment. And, um, you know, I don't mind being judged myself, but I wouldn't want my partner to be excommunicated from yeah. our friends because of it. God, it's so unfair. She didn't commit a crime. She didn't do anything. No. Yeah. And she's providing such a great service to people. <laughs> Does it cause you stress, though, to have to lie on their behalf? It, it was really isolating for a while because... I, it meant that I didn't have anyone to talk to about certain parts of my life. So at one point I did ask her if I could tell one person that I did really trust with this and the stigma. And she agreed, and so I got someone to talk to about this part that is usually stays secret. Yeah. So once that was established, it was fine. That's awesome. Do you think you would have benefited from some kind of like... AA, but for partners of escorts. I know this doesn't exist, but I think that would be really cool. It could be interesting to have a group of people just to, all sharing the same experiences. Essentially, what this and, podcast yeah. might just be on repeat for some people. The <laughs> <laughs> thing so, that we found funny when we when we do share with people is that, uh, and I think it's probably a, a it's probably a measure of how well she's able to read the person and or the couple and to recognize how they would probably react but the major reaction is always overwhelming curiosity like oh people just yeah want to know, like oh well what it's what about this and what job do you do this all those questions and then the next step is always i could probably do that you know and then that know, uh, we've, right? we've had a couple just recently like she's turned but could i do that would you can be you, okay with can that you show me? yeah I was hoping that this podcast would be like, just direct them here, and then that'll answer all your questions for you. So uh -huh. hopefully you just shirk off that responsibility of having to do that yourself. So 
being asexual. Are you monogamous or polyamorous? I'm still uh, still monogamous. Okay. But do you consider your relationship to be monogamous despite her being a sex worker? Of course. Okay. It's her job, not her... Personal life. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly right. You feel that way too? Exactly the same, yeah. So you your relationship is monogamous? Yes. Except it's, for the times you swing together? Yeah, it's monogamous. We're married. We're committed. We have a, we have a child and... Uh, um, we have a life together, and all of, and as as Ace said, this is it's her job, okay. and uh, that's not that's not going to get in the way of our relationship. Despite her doing full service sex work, though, so she is technically not being monogamous. But so I would say it's emotional monogamy, if we're getting technical, which a lot of people on Twitter did a few weeks ago. <laughs> so I've been trying to understand this myself. Emotional monogamy. Which means what? What does that mean exactly? Yeah, you know what? That's something different entirely as well. I would say that your relationship, if you don't sleep with other people outside of her being a sex worker, is monogamous. Right. Is what I would say. And I will stick to that till my death. So hate me if you like. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, love this question. Have either of you ever hired a sex worker? I feel like I know your answer, Ace. (laughs) No, obviously. (laughs) I did a few years ago. Actually. Did you? Yeah. Oh, a few years ago. Was when when uh, I think she had, I I think she was still at the agency she was at, and so okay, we'd spend some time talking about it. You know, we'd talk about the ins and outs of what's the procedure, what's this, what's this, and just the 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 technical aspects of it all. And basically, she just said, "Well, why don't you just go? Why don't you just just see go what and it's find like? out what it's like to walk yeah, into somebody's exactly. apartment and meet them for the first time and see what's going on and all that?" So, so I did. Did that help with anything for you? Um, I think if if anything, it made it uh, well for sure. It made it a lot less mysterious for everything, and it made it a lot less. Uh, um, it, it it emphasized the business aspect of it to me more than anything else. Because it's, you know, you're meeting someone for the first time and you start to chat with them. There's a little small talk and, you know, there's the envelope there's that goes on the table energy. and there's some nervous there's energy that. and all that <laughs> stuff. And it's just, and it didn't impress me as like, you know, this is not, this is not a situation where you're going to fall in love with somebody and, and uh, you know, leave your partner for. Right. So that's, it helped that way, I think. Well, that's not to say that she, you know, I'm sure, like, I, know, I know that she has feelings for the, for the clients that she has. Oh, because sure. she's had some of them for years. And uh, they're great friends. I've met some of them, and it's we've like hung out together. They're great friends. Yeah. They're just intimate friends you have intimate yeah. fun with, but that's not your relationship. That's right. Um, so how do you feel about hearing about the details of a booking, Ace? Does that bother you at all? Um, it's more of a... Um, I don't really want to find out what the don't details are. So I would rather just... It does make me uncomfortable in some ways, so I'd rather not hear about them entirely. Is it like a jealousy thing? Or is it more of like a just, that's not my business? It's a bit of both. Okay. I imagine that as a man, I think that I, in theory, would be okay with it. But if I heard the details, it might push me over the edge. But also, there's sometimes stories that are hysterical and you just want to share so (laughs) bad. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, we basically it comes down to for us it's like if initially it was there was a little bit of reticence on her part to talk about stuff and to share the ideas and uh, and to uh, decide what to what to say and what not to say and what to what to tell and what not to tell. 
Um, so, you know, we sort of came to the conclusion that, you know, if, if you want to talk about something, go ahead and talk about it. I'll, I'll listen. And if I have a problem with it, then it's my problem. It's not your problem. You're just telling me about something that happened. Well, that's not fair. You know, you don't think so? I mean, putting the onus on you if you have a problem with hearing about it, that's that's a little unfair. Well, I think I, maybe I shouldn't say it that way. Maybe I should just say that it's my then it's my responsibility to work through that if there's an issue yeah. with it. Okay, let's say it yeah, that okay. way. Yeah. It's my responsibility to work through it if there's an issue. And uh, and that working through it involves continuous communication and talking about it, it so does. that that idea of, you know, I don't know if you can if you want to hear about this or if you can handle hearing about this. Asking first any is of the that. best policy. For sure, yeah. yeah. Leading into this question, what bothers you the most about your partner being a companion? Either of you can answer first. I, well, I guess for me it would just be, since we don't live in Toronto, just the time away from home is, it's not anything that I begrudge or begrudge her or, or regret that we're doing, but it's just, it's just, you know, she's not always there. Big so, time constraint. Yeah. How about you, Ace? Um, there's not much that bothers me. The only bother that I do have is that that job is more, well, not more dangerous, more like less safe than a quote unquote regular job. I would agree. I would also say, well, I am like, I don't know what I'm doing right now, trying to talk on behalf of partners of escorts, but I imagine that the both of you have to deal with a lot of emotional kind of healing because we deal with a lot of like abuse verbally and otherwise at work and then come home and it's kind of on you to like fix us in a way. Does that ever bother you to have to constantly kind of cheer us up? That's yeah, not well, I don't I know I don't know about Ace, but for my my our experience has been because she's been involved in it for a number of years now, her client base is pretty much a regular bunch of guys. That are nice and respectful. That are nice now. guys and, and respectful. We, we still and, get those emails, though, from but you, random people. Yeah, and that, that becomes an issue because that, that gets hurtful where, you know, yeah. you know, there's this initial, you know, initial excitement of, oh, I think I'm going to get a new client here. And, and next thing you know, the guy just ghosts and he's gone and or he sends something stupid or whatever. Horrible verbiage. Yeah, and uh, that, yeah, I, and I understand how that's hurt, how that's hurtful for her. And, uh, yeah, it makes me angry that, not at her, it makes me angry that there's people out there that just, that's, that's their thing. Like yeah, that's the their thing. Place. And that's what we just keep saying. I just say, you know, I'll, I'll say that this is his thing. He, he's, his thing is not to book he's an escort. Really sad his person. thing is to, you know, just punch away on the keyboard and get his kicks by, you know, leading somebody on in a, in a mean way. And how do you feel about having to sometimes pick well, her up? I don't see it really as healing. Like you said, it's more like renting about work. Like when I used to work in a restaurant when I was in university. Oh my God, that is another level of abuse too. <laughs> I would complain about, you know, my job to her, but it was never like, I didn't need healing from my work. No. I do. I, I understand that, of course, the kind of interactions you get with this line of work are more extreme than me working in a restaurant. It's so personal. Yes, it is. But I wouldn't qualify it as, you know, anything else than work. Um, yeah. Okay. Being. That's fair. I've heard my friends complain about work, too, and it's just like a normal day's work. Of course, everyone can complain. Conversely, what are you most proud of about your partner being a companion? 
I'm proud of her independence and her ability to uh, be who she wants to be and uh, to be in control of her own life and her own destiny. I think that's fantastic. And the goddess vibes of whipping all the clients into shape a little bit. Does that ever be our dream about it? Like, ooh, she met, like people want to actually pay her to be with her. That's kind of the ultimate compliment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it is. Yes. And what are you most proud of Ace? Um, she's been in this line of work for a very short amount of time, but she's managed to carve herself quite a place in that short amount of time. She's gone from being, you know, quote-unquote low-paid agency girl to then moving to a collective where she was more coming into her own brand and everything. And then going to independent and finally, you know, leaving her mark on the industry in the city. And now she gets uh, other new sex workers that come to her for advice when uh, Oh, that's when you know you made they start it. Off. So, yeah, I'm very proud of her for making it so far in such a short amount of time for being a good businesswoman exactly shout out to this anonymous partner you're doing a great job um okay i have this question on here i don't know if i should ask it because i still have not found the right way to appropriately word it um (laughs) are there days you are grossed out or embarrassed by your partner (laughs) <laughs> I can't by them personally or the that. stuff they're talking about <laughs> yeah no stuff they're talking about and stuff they've that's the thing it's like oh you're just a companion and then one day you hear that maybe she went to work and fisted somebody maybe she went to work and she did this and you're like hmm oh i didn't realize that's what you did at work sometimes all right She'll share some stories sometimes about <laughs> things that it'll be just, yeah, it's a little bit grosser. It's a little bit, uh, I, just don't, I just don't get that. Sorry. I just don't get that. But, but that, uh, that's normal. Yeah. If, if that's if that's part of the job, then that's part of the job. It's, yeah. the, it's the bad part. It's also kind of hilarious. Like sometimes, I don't know if I'm okay with it, but I'm like, you know what? I want to be part of knowing what this yeah. feels like. We try to just, we try to treat it with humor. And, yes. And just treat it lightly. You and have just, to laugh yeah. at yourself. Yeah. How about you? Well, I don't hear much about her um, sessions, so I don't. Doesn't feel, happen. No, yeah. Okay, perfect. So, how do you feel about this stigma associated with escorts now that you've intimately been with an escort and see what it's like from ground zero? Oh, well, I think it's I think it's a real shame, and I think it's something that's based on a lack of education on the part of people or a lack of knowledge. And, uh, you know, all kinds of inherent prejudices and biases that people carry around with them that they shouldn't. Um, and yeah, I just, I, it's, it's too bad because, you know, we've, you know, I, I know my wife and I know she's a wonderful person and I know she's a great mother and I know that she is a very empathic person and she's not some kind of a stereotype, you know, that's idea that people might have of what we an escort is. We all know what a stereotype is. Yeah. And the people that I've met in the in the business, they're all these are all strong people. They they are people that have a direction, and they're people that uh, are in control of their lives. And, and it's resilient. not uh, resilient. Very good word. Yes. Word. Yes. Very good word. Do you think it's an intentional lack of knowledge, though? I don't. Maybe I'm naive. I, I think, think people find comfort in their in their stereotypes, and it gives them a soft place to land. It can be hard to try to learn about new things that you may have been conditioned to dislike. 
I mean, no one likes learning the new module at work, but you still have to. I mean, that's not a great excuse. <laughs> well, there's still the, the the problem with this is not the problem, but Pluto's the, not a planet anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> we all have to accept that. The issue with this is that I think people get hung up on the morality element of it. Mm-hmm. If you bring things like morality, if people are, carry a, a certain amount of religion or faith into the into the discussion, then it becomes difficult. The strict monogamy and religion yeah. of the centuries does come into play. Do you think it's a double standard, though, that it is the woman that's stigmatized and not the anonymous client? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about the stigma? I think it's just a mix of sexism and slut-shaming. And, you know, like you said, I think it's really ironic that it's the woman who is blamed for this service when usually it's, well, usually, all of the time, it's the client seeking the service. Yeah, there's a double standard there. Like, the woman is branded the homewrecker and not the man. But do you think that maybe if it was decriminalized and men could speak out more, because it's obviously illegal to pay for sex in Canada, if they were allowed to speak out more, do you think we would see more male advocates for sex work? Um, I think there's still too much sort of old school thinking about how relationships and sex work that it would take quite a bit of time before any kind of progress can be made. What's quite a bit? I want to see it in my lifetime. If it, it's if the law was to pass, the law you described to decriminalize yeah. was to pass tomorrow, it would still take like 10 years in my opinion. You're right. The I laws can that. change with the stigma and the sentiments. We're talking right. about generations of change. Like an entire generation is going to have to disappear. Yeah, 10 years might be too like short. That. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, the, the, the naivete and optimism is, like, going down the drain quickly here. <laughs> so do you ever feel alone in your struggles of uh, dating a companion? I don't, know. Well, we're not dating. We're married, obviously. But uh, Sorry, yes, yeah. Vegan a relationship. Damn. Yes. Um, no, I don't, uh, I don't feel alone. I feel, I feel probably more connected to my partner than Aww. ever. And, uh, you know, it makes me appreciate her more. It makes me, as I said, she's sometimes has to be away overnight. And uh, it makes me appreciate her all the more when she comes back. Boys night? <laughs> no, not really. It's just <laughs> movie, buy some, buy some snacks, and that's about it. Hang out with, a, with our son, and that's, it's, which is fine. That sounds great. Do you ever feel alone, Nate? In your um, struggles? I don't, the job doesn't really affect the relationship we have, like, emotionally speaking. I do feel alone sometimes, but it's more of, um, you know, my emotional needs than her not being there when I need it. Because I can't expect her to be there 24-7. Of course. Right. Like anyone that goes to work for a long time. Um, is there anything specific a client can do that causes resentment in the relationship, like give gifts or maybe if they go on a trip or thank you notes or something like that well the only thing that makes me resent clients is when they treat her badly or they hold you know they they as i said before they ghost on her or they short you know they short the envelope or something like that thankfully that rarely happens anymore um and as i said i've you know 
she's got a pretty regular and, and loyal and good client base. And I, as it, we, you know, we, I've met some of them. We've hung out together. Wow. You know, so it's, it's. That's extra progressive. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, well, you know, it, it worked. It just works out. So. But um, the, like if, if she got a gift from someone that wouldn't bother you. That no, wouldn't feel not you, at all. No, she's had gifts or notes. She gets gifts or, or notes or something. And again, I just think that's just part of the job. It means her. you're doing well at your job. You got a bonus. Yeah. I wouldn't be upset if, you know, she got a promotion at work. So it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you? Do you get any resentment or weird feelings if she gets gifts from people? Not really. I'm the one who gets to eat the chocolate when she gets some. <laughs> right? Or like when you get the massage gift cards, like you could use that for with your partner. No, I think she uses that herself. <laughs> no, no, no problem there. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I put this question. I know you both kind of already answered it, but does your partner's involvement in this industry ever make you feel because you're both men? emasculated or make you feel inferior and do you think the concept of being with a sex worker kind of makes you a, a cuck male by default do i don't see think- it that way at all no no, no not at all okay please explain why um i think if anything it makes it the same way not the same way but it empowers her it also empowers me i think in terms of being able to uh, have a, a more progressive attitude towards our relationship and being able to have a relationship that's for the most part, you know, jealousy free. And we've got, you've got a person, my partner who is, you know, fully exploring her life and doing what she wants to do. I, I look at all of those bonuses, all of those pluses outweigh any kind of, you know, if you're talking about a, you know, a cuck mentality or anything like that, that, that pushes all of that way down. Okay. And your thoughts? Um, with this job, as opposed to a quote-unquote regular job, it's definitely easier as a partner to compare yourself to anyone, really. Yeah. So it does, you know, trigger my insecurities sometimes, but it doesn't cause them. I would have those thoughts regardless of her job. Okay. It might happen more often. That's very fair. That's That's a very good point. That's true. That's very very true. And uh, with the cuck question, I think the only issue you'd have with that mentality is if you still had a um, antiquated view of women and how they you know you're not supposed to possess them they're not part of you they're their own person so i love that you said you can't possess people because you can't and people still try i don't know why i think the only use that cuck should have is in fetish circles because otherwise it's totally fine i've just heard I've heard the argument quite a bit from, I guess, people I've dated in the past um, that how if other men knew that that I was an escort and that other men got to see me, they would then by default be a cuck. Because how could you let other men see your woman that makes you look inferior as a man? You're not good enough for her to just be with you. And I, I don't know how to properly kind of show that that's not the case well, there's no explaining to this kind of people because they have to they're... explain people can people can evolve okay the only problem is in this specific case the problem is not the line of thinking but the very like roots of their thinking what is that it's that it's not they're your trying woman to possess it yeah it's the it's a partner your partner but not in a possessive sense just you know they're with you 
And to me, it's like the greatest compliment to want to come back to the same person every day, despite seeing other people. It's like you get to be in the VIP line at a bar and everyone else gets to maybe get in, pay an entrance fee. And (laughs) that's a bad, maybe that's a bad metaphor. Actually, I'm going to leave that in there. I like that. (laughs) Uh, I agree with what he said. It's just, it's a, it's an, it's an antiquated mindset that people have. And it's just uh, the idea of owning someone or possess. As I said before, like you know, she's not an extension of me or a part of me. She's you know her own person. And it's the who biggest happens compliment. to want to be it, with me, right, which is a fantastic the compliment. compliment on the earth. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I hope anyone that maybe was on the fence has now happily joined the right side of the fence. Sorry, there's no right and wrong. We don't do binaries <laughs> here. Uh, so what do you tell yourself when you're just having a bad day about something to do with your partners? Or maybe if your partner had a bad day and you're trying to comfort them, but something related to this, how do you kind of take care of yourself emotionally um, regarding this industry since you can't tell most family and friends? Like, what do you do as your own self-care day, I guess? I just, I, well, for me, I would just focus on uh, our our. I don't want to say real life, but just, you know, our, our, our <laughs> no, home life, yeah. our home life. I focus on our home life, our house, our, our, our child, you know, my job, things that we have to do, things like that, and focus on that. Try not to be overwhelmed by issues that might arise from, from her, her job and just recognize them as that. Those are just issues from her job. This is not something that needs to come back. This sounds like a man that's been in a relationship for seven years as a sex worker. You've gotten it down. You've gotten <laughs> it down. You. you sound very Zen, very Buddhist. Are you a Buddhist? I'm not, no. Okay. How about you, Ace? But I have been married three times. That might have calmed me down a little. Oh, so you, yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, you found the right one. Then. I certainly did. Yeah, I certainly did. <laughs> What do you do to make yourself uh, kind of just feel better if you've had a bad day or something has triggered you in a way? Um, if it arises from her, then usually she'll try to comfort me or, you know, she if she has a bad day, I'll comfort her. And she if I have a bad day, she comforts me. And if we both have a bad day, then we comfort each other. Otherwise, like if I really can't handle a detail whatever, she I'll accidentally just, yeah. told you, you I'll just, just take a walk for okay. half an hour and I'll be fine. Okay. So do you both live with your partners? Yes. Yes. I, <laughs> I don't have the right to ask this question, but I'm going to. Do you think that your partner working in the sex industry affects your sex life? No. No? no, you don't not think at you all. have less intimacy because they have intimacy for work. I, no, I don't think so. Okay, I don't feel that way at all. Well, if you haven't noticed, that's the right answer. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, yes, it does, but that doesn't bother me. If anything, it's less work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true asexual. <laughs> that might be the perfect relationship. Now that I think about it. So what makes you feel special in your relationship then, since your partner sees other people? What makes you feel special? I think it's just, I think it's the, just the trust that she's demonstrating or giving to me in in doing what she's doing and talking about what she's doing and just that, that level of trust that's there and the, her willingness or, or a recognition that she can talk about it and share it and all of that, that, that makes me feel very special. Um, like he said, and also uh, we 
kind of complete each other in the way that she talks a lot and I don't. I just listen to her. <laughs> so that's and um, her job and the nature of it doesn't strike me as being like she's I'm not nothing's going to come out of her job that's going to threaten what I have with her. Yeah. So I think we're like stable enough that I don't have a problem. Okay. I'm glad. What makes you feel special in the relationship is that you've both chosen to be part of it. Yes. Uh-huh. You'd think that would be obvious, but... So, do you... Now that you've been in relationships with people in the industry, do you find sex work to be actual work? Oh, absolutely. It's tremendous yeah. work. Tremendously hard work. It's a, it's intensive emotionally. Yeah. And there's long... You know, it's, it's long hours. Like, there, there's a lot of time spent on... You know, online doing different things, responding to emails and tweet and uh, Twitter and and uh, texts and all of that stuff. Many times with zero return. You know. Oh yeah. So that's it for just sure. it's, it could be very does frustrating. Not equal a dollar. Let no, me tell you. absolutely. So the frustration level can get pretty high sometimes, but uh, yeah, it's definitely work, no doubt about it. And do you think it should be respected as such because it's not an industry respected in a work sense still? No, well, because people again, like I said before, and, and people just don't understand it, and they're working from a from they a. They don't understand it, but someone's hiring us, so I mean. Well, the, they yeah, do they understand, understand that it. end of it, but I'm just thinking, I'm just saying that the people, as a whole, who might have some kind of a, of a of a, an antiquated or a stereotypical version of what a sex worker is, doesn't know all of the background. You know, the advertising, the Twitter, the emails, the texting, the clothing the photo shoots all of that other stuff that has to happen they don't see any of that they okay, just so see they see I the exchange of them make a netflix series well, i'm gonna get right on it there you go i will and do you find sex work to be actual work of course i was gonna i mean i don't have anything more to say that peter didn't say because it's like like he said um there's the obvious physical work for you know x amount of time but there's twice that amount behind the scenes trying to Triple, work out quadruple. your brain yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lots more times yeah. To, yeah double is not enough and yeah that's something you don't think about if you are not privy to the industry Ooh, i love this question so from what your partner has told you ace which isn't a lot but who do you think a client is i mean just in retrospect do you because the stereotype there is that a client is someone who can't get women any other way um also a bunch of negative things but who do you think a client actually is that is seeing an escort i think it's i think it's someone who is uh looking for a level of intimacy whether it's physical or mental or emotional or whatever it is it's just that you want somebody to focus on you for an hour two hours three hours whatever it happens to be i don't think that they are you know lacking in any way or they're not uh you can't just paint them all with the same brush. But I think the common the common thread would be a desire for some kind of intimacy. Someone seeking a form of therapy. Sure, exactly. And who do you gather a client is? Well, um, my partner is lucky to have good clients because, you know, she screens very well and she has them over time, some regulars, some occasional but, you know, there's still oh. moments, even if it's not her clients. She spends a lot of time on review boards as well. And, Oof. 
those are, as you may know, quite decessful. Yes. <laughs> and you have to think that those are clients too. And even when she has good clients, I can't help but think about other sex workers who don't. And the many horror stories you may hear often. Yeah. So I don't... I don't have a particularly fond view of clients. So a client is any kind of person, just like an escort is any kind of person, perhaps. <laughs> yes, but in this case... The client is in a position of power compared to the escort. So I have a lot more respect for the escort than I have the clients. Okay. A little bit of a controversial take here that I do have debates with my um, partner about is I don't think sex work should be a thing, but not because it's not work, but yeah. because the demand should not be a thing. Yeah. No, I getcha. I getcha. The demand for intimacy is always going to be there, though. Yeah, that's right. In any form. Like, the people see therapists, and in a way, it is therapy. It's just intimate therapy. Yeah, but there's a lot less abuse of therapists than there is sex workers in the well, world. Well, see, yes, let's eradicate the abuse from it, and then I'm mm. on board. <laughs> so, thank you both so much for being here. I guess the last question I have here is... Is there anything else you want to say to people out there dating sex workers or married to sex workers facing some issues or what would you, if you were to speak to them and give them some advice, what would you say? <laughs> I would just say, be honest, communicate, be honest about your feelings, recognize that uh, your partner's feelings have just as much value as yours and are just as real as yours. And then try to, come to some kind of an agreement or an understanding of, of uh, what's happening and try not to be threatened by it. Because I, I just think if, if, if somebody who's a sex worker, if, if my wife wasn't a sex worker and I was met somebody somewhere and they said they were a sex worker after a couple of dates or however long it took them to say, I would feel, I would feel pretty good about that, actually. Just mm. to, the fact that they would, you know, this is somebody who has you know has intimacy with other people and for financial gain but it's just uh this is someone who wants to be with me so the, uh, they've ma they've made the distinction between the the job part and the personal part so the personal part now wants to be with you with me that's right and so that uh, to me that's a tremendous compliment you've got to be part of the change and being part of that change means being on their side absolutely yeah and challenging your own what is it called it's just preconditioned notions the ones that are ingrained deep yeah, in your there. biases you all of those it. things yeah absolutely and what would you tell all the other partners of sex workers out there if you could speak to them and I are i don't think my uh situation is very common <laughs> you know any sexual dating a sex worker if there is any sexual listening then um my best advice is... Email the show, and I will connect you both. Sure. There you go. <laughs> that, but also... Um, the thing is, my struggles with this particular situation are based off of my insecurities and not of the job itself. So for this situation, I would probably say go to a therapist like I do because, you know... 
not gonna have my partner deal has with those. Has it been helping to get over the insecurities? Because I kind of think they're always gonna be there in a way. Well, you know? in a way, it challenges them constantly. So really, you can't get over them in a way, but it's not gonna make them go away either. Oh well, I I guess I yeah I got I got all the questions. Is there anything else either of you wanted to add? Exhausted. So. <laughs> it's tiring doing podcast people. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. And I hope this helps who it needs to help. Um, I have a number of recordings from other partners. And I will end this episode with a bunch of testimonials. I hope everyone enjoys. Before anything else, I would like to say thank you to Ms. Sienna Hunter for taking an interest in our lives and story. Perhaps we'll meet someday. I assure you, we know things about coffee and twisted humor. About my wife, I am honored to be the husband of Lady Sable. For all things related to her working name, I use the name Ring, that is R-I-N-G. Miss Hunter's questions. I am 50 years old as of St. Valentine's Day 2020, and I live in Carson City, Nevada. I met my lady in 2001, we married in 2007, and she has been a sex worker, if you include exotic dance, since she was 19. What stands out about being in a relationship with a sex worker? Well, specifically with my wife, I see her as awesome. She truly cares about whomever she is with at the moment. Her clients respond to such genuine feelings. No one leaves her company feeling less than they were when they met her. I love her compassion. What is the hardest part of being the husband of a sex worker? I worry about her safety. She screens her clients. She carries a stun rod. She always lets us know her destination and timetable, and I always worry. I served eight years in the Marines, and if I have learned anything, it's that there is always someone more badass than you. It takes real work to remember that she is not delicate or incapable, so I try not to bubble wrap her. It isn't easy. What is the best part of having a sex worker as a wife? For me, it's the stories I hear about clients who have enjoyed her company as much as her skills. She is more than just a hired sex toy that talks. She is a woman who cares. Excuse me, she gives pleasure to more than just the body. She soothes the soul. When she tells me someone enjoyed her mind as much as her body, I feel proud of her and how happy she makes people. Do I have to lie about her work? No. I do not discuss it outside of our inner circle or her professional contacts. What would I like to see happen to her industry? I would like to see laws changed to give my wife more freedom and respect and more protection to her and her industry sisters. Have I ever called her names? No. Name calling is a power play and a shame game. I am not ashamed of Sable or her work. I seek equality with her, not domination. I once made a joke she did not take well. While still in the brothels, she once tried a new look, country farm curl. She even painted on a few freckles, and she looked really cute. I kind of wanted a quiet barn and a bed of hay at that moment. A thought came to me, and I said, okay, little whore on the prairie. She looked at me kind of funny. I asked her later if that had bothered her, and she said yes. I asked her why. She said she didn't know. Looking back, I realized that she has used that word to joke about herself and others, but there are still very negative social connotations to the word whore. I have never said anything maliciously mean to her, so hearing that word from me 
was not a pleasant surprise. I will not make that joke ever again. What would I like other partners of sex workers to know? Perspective and acceptance. Sable was not trafficked. She is not forced to this work by me or anyone else. She entered the personal, non-video sector of sex work as a chance to make money. What surprised all, us, all of us was how thoroughly this work is a perfect fit. And so, I'll, I'll start with acceptance. Let me share something. I accept Sable. I accept her as I find her, not as I expect her to be. This goes deeper than you might think. When she comes home, she drops her things at the door, and she can just be. No masks, no show, no part to play. She can be herself. To anyone whose job is to be someone else's fantasy, that ability to relax and exist without any pressure to perform is a relief. Now I'll talk about perspective. I could go on and on about perspective, but my situation is unique. Sable can no longer conceive children. If you dig into the genetic drivers of jealousy, that is important. However, to give a shorter, more concise answer, Sable comes home to me. No matter who she sees, no matter how sweet, rich, built, hung, pick an adjective for a client, she still comes home to me. Much more than her words, her actions have proven that she wants only me beside her when she wakes up every morning, no one else. I try to earn this from her every day. So that's my perspective. No matter who she goes to see by her own choice, she comes home to me. And I say this, earn your partner's respect and regard. A worthy partner will give them and work to earn yours. I actually have quite a number of things to say on how to treat a partner, any partner, not just a sex worker, although especially a sex worker. If Ms. Hunter wants to know more, well, you can expect to hear more from me on her podcast. In the meantime, good day and good loving. Hi there, my name's Chris. I'm in my mid-20s and I live in Ontario. I've been with a sex worker for a little over five years. We're married. We have a child together. I think the most important thing about being in a relationship with a sex worker, being in a relationship in general, is being open, uh, honest, and having the ability to be vulnerable with each other and harboring that trust instead of fear, doubt, insecurity, and resentment. I mean, if you have complete trust in your partner, you can't really have the same amount of insecurities. It's kind of a sliding scale. Um, if we're doing really well or, you know, we're doing really well as, uh, as individuals, our relationship flourishes. And if we're going through a rough patch and we're not being open and honest about it, um, the relationship is definitely going to suffer. I mean, it's so important to be able to say the words like, I'm not doing well, this is bothering me. Because if you're actually with the person you're supposed to be with, that conversation should be a productive, nurturing, and loving conversation that should put your uh, reservations and doubts and fears at ease. And none of this stuff is uh, unique to sex work or being in a relationship with somebody that's in the sex industry. It's just everything is intensified and magnified because of the nature of the industry and the fact that, you know, your partner is making connections with other people. So if you don't have trust that at the end of the day, the two of you have agreed to be faithful to each other um, outside of the industry, I mean, if you, it's the same as any other relationship. If you're constantly afraid that your partner is cheating on you, 
you never express anything and you're, if you do express it your partner you know plays mind games with you it's just not a healthy relationship and that's not unique to sex work that's pretty much the vast majority of relationships in the world i've never once played mind games type with my partner and my partner has never once played mind games of that type with me one of the questions we were given to possibly answer was if you ever called your partner names for what they do and it's like that's not unique to the industry either i mean i have plenty of people i've used to associate with that were uh not nice guys to their partners and it had nothing to do with if they were in the industry or not it didn't matter it was whatever they could kind of find that their partner was sensitive about to make them feel worse about themselves because usually you have these dud guys with these just incredible women that are being preyed on i mean i know my partner had an, had a partner in their past that uh i'm still to this day working with her to deal with the trauma she suffered at the hands of this I'm not going to swear on the podcast you know what i mean like it's uh not healthy it's not appropriate and it's unacceptable um if you're actually on a team and you're trying to be open and honest and work through insecurities and fears and doubts name calling should be the last thing on your mind you should be trying to assess what you're actually feeling and what you're afraid of or what you're angry about and i mean anger is usually you're usually afraid of something or you're insecure about something and you should be trying to work through those things i mean if you want the relationship to actually go on and be functional and happy and healthy and loving i mean love is not love is not a word love is an action you need to put in work if you're going to have love in your life i mean our relationship is nothing like it was at the beginning i definitely had all sorts of insecurities about this profession my partner was in i had all sorts of fears and uh you know intrusive thoughts especially if i'm not doing well those thoughts are kind of intensified and multiplied and um i was not a, i was not great at talking about my feelings or what i was afraid of or that i was insecure about and we had a we had some pretty major arguments the, in the early days of our relationship and when the dust settled and i finally was you know was able to say like i i'm just so scared because i love you and i i you mean everything to me and you're my everything and if i you know if if you know if you hurt me i would be just destroyed and it's coming to that vulnerability and that honesty and that trust that you know here's my heart and please don't break it uh, and the years go by and it just grows and grows and you know you realize over time you made the right choice and i'm not saying we all make the right choice a lot of us have given our hearts to other people and had it shattered um but that doesn't mean that we have to just never try again and sex work is kind of just like a relationship intensified if you're not you know able to be open and honest and vulnerable uh, the relationship just will never work and that takes work on both sides i've kind of run out of time i wanted to touch about the hardest part of being with somebody in the industry which is 100% uh fear for my partner's safety the mother of my child uh, my wife my soulmate but i've run out of time uh, i also really wanted to touch on the fact that i joined the industry 6 months ago the amount of mutual understanding that has come from that and and seeing the industry from the from the side of the work the sex worker has just completely changed a lot of my outlook and if anybody wanted to uh reach out to Sienna I would be willing to 
chat with anybody who wants to really dive into the deep stuff. I mean, I'm already almost a minute over, but it's just such a massive topic. Um, the amount of empathy and understanding that came from me joining the industry and seeing things from the other side has just taken our already blossoming relationship and turned it into uh, a beautiful forest. And I'm so grateful for this industry. It's, it's giving us the life that we really want to live. And there's obviously a lot that needs to change legally. There's a lot that needs to change out there stigmally, stigma-wise. <laughs> but um, I hope, I would love to connect with other partners. And I hope that something was gained from this. And I look forward to hearing what everybody else has shared about being a partner to somebody in the sex industry. So thank you very much for listening. My name is Simon. I'm 48 years old and I live in downtown Toronto. Um, I've been married to my wife, who is a sex worker, for 23 years. She's been involved in sex work over the last year, um, but we've been discussing the possibility of this prospect for the past three years. I found it really interesting that that it was harder for us to adjust from being monogamous to ethically non-monogamous than it was to adjust from having my partner involved in sex work. With the um, non-monogamy piece, there was always this aspect of that I would somehow lose her in some other relationship. And um, eventually I came to terms with that and could appreciate that our relationship was special in and of itself and that we would never lose what we had. And I guess with us being grounded in that, when she went into sex work, it just felt like... um, the sex and the intimacy that she was having outside of our partnership was was contained within a very defined box. And it didn't really register as a concern or um, a threat to our relationship or a threat to what we value. So what are some of the challenges you've experienced in being in an intimate relationship with a sex worker? I had the same concern, but um, once we engaged in them, they enhanced and invigorated our intimacy and our sex life. And we, we really um, found something that was more powerful than what we had before. While that was a concern, I knew that we would be able to overcome whatever came up from that. Um, in the end, the the challenge has really been around around the stigma and about living a, a secret life, not just from our community of friends, but also from even our from our children. Um, the challenge has always been trying to find ways to to tell the truth or to um, but with without disclosing what what exactly is going on 
oftentimes we're in circumstances where where I'm explaining to the kids why uh, mom is out in the evening um, or is out without dad in the evening. And often I'm just simply referring to things like, oh, mom's just out running an errand, she'll be back. Or um, mom's meeting up with a friend, um, she'll be back soon. And in trying my best to uh, keep it to something that is close to the truth without disclosing what exactly is going on. Um, that's really the hard part, especially when when the kids start to ask or probe about what's going on. Um, oh, mom is out. Oh, where is she? Who's she with? You know, what time do you think she'll get back? Or, or things like that. That's probably the hardest part. Um, the other part that is challenging is just simply that I want to be able to be uh, self-expressed about how proud I am of what she's doing and proud I am about the work uh, that she's done or celebrate her victories or, or share the insights that she's gained from it or, or that we both gained from it. Um, that's, it's hard to keep all of that to myself. Um, fortunately, I, I have a few spaces here and there where I've been able to, to share it, but generally that's kept to myself. And so probably the hardest part is just simply how we relate to our kids about this and also our, our family. It's never actually ever occurred to me to call my partner a name in an argument, um, or certainly not a pejorative name related to the to sex work. Um, if if we really wanted to insult or hurt each other, I think we know what push buttons we need to push without going to pejorative terms. I would count us lucky that we haven't actually ever gotten to a place that we've have called each other names in that regard. Um, we've had a few difficult moments, but nothing that um, had us resort to that. I really appreciate this opportunity to uh, share a little bit about my experience as a partner and what my wife and I and our family have gone through um, in this journey. I've often thought that it would be great to find a way to form a group or community of partners so that we can work together to support our wonderful partners in the work that they do to make the world a little bit uh, more delightful. Hello, my name is James. I'm from Alberta, Canada. I'm here to talk about dating a sex worker for the purpose of this particular interview. I'm going to refer to her as Jem. I've been dating Jem for 10 years. She has been a sex worker for the last two and a half of those and doing it to take care of herself after an incident put her about $60,000 in debt. If it wasn't for that, this wouldn't be what she was doing with her life. 
That being said, I really think that she could do different things to get out of it, but life is what life is. I love her with all of my heart and wouldn't change the time I have with her. Gem and I have a BDSM, baby girl relationship, and I'm her daddy. So we're a little different. Gem and I are also polyamorous. So again, that puts a new spin on things. Gem is married to another man and her and I date and see each other. I am married to another woman and she knows everything about Gemma and I. With all of that being said, let's get down to the nitty gritty of why I'm talking. Gem started her career in the worst way possible, doing car dates unlicensed. She was raped, she was abused, and she was robbed. She had a guy trying to act as a pimp for her, taking, and trying to take even more, a huge cut of the money, and do no work for it. And now she works out of a spa where she's safe and protected, and it's amazing. The worst part about dating her while she's doing this is the fact that she is at risk constantly to be attacked again. It was devastating for her and myself when she was raped and things did go wrong. The best parts are being with her. I'm not with a sex worker, I'm with Jem. Jem is beyond amazing. She's caring, she's compassionate. She wants to make me happy. She's a wonderful person. And I can't stress that enough. The good times, like I said, with dating her is being with her specifically. We also have fun some nights and just talk about our clients and either what kind of day she had or little things in their lives that they want to share. And it helps her be a better service provider by understanding them, period. She works out of a spa, like I said, and I occasionally get nights where I get to sit with her as the other girls know me and ask me to sit with her to cover a shift so that they can have a night off. So I will be the protection system so they always have a two-person system at their spa. And it's mutually beneficial. I know that she's safe the whole night, but I also get to spend a date with her and visit with her and cuddle with her. And doing that with Gem is a lot of fun. For everyone who's dating a sex worker, uh, treat them like gold. They get treated like shit by so many people for so many stupid reasons. Everyone is, and I guess not everyone, but a lot of people use their services and take advantage of them, or try to, and treat them like shit, treat them like they're diseased or they're a leper, but they're all more than willing to use the service. And you as their partner really need to treat them like gold, treat them like a gem, so that 
they understand, no matter how they look down on themselves or how someone else does, they're really worth being treated like that. They're a wonderful human being. A lot of days I find that sex workers are probably better human beings than most corporate bigwigs or nine to fivers or whatever. Um, or more often than not, I find to be assholes. Uh, some things to make sure you understand. Jem works with the oil field um, as a nine to five office gig. So that's her cover for a lot of things with her family and mine. And because we're polyamorous, both of us have to do some amount of lying to our family. Quite frankly, I couldn't give a rat's ass about the rest of the world. And even my own family, I'm not too worried about their opinion. But I make sure to keep up appearances to take the stress off of us. If the government could change something or I could change something about the sex work industry, it would be slightly more government involvement to protect the girls. They insist on them being licensed. They should insist on them being protected properly, taken care of. I don't mean unionized, but have the same rights and privileges that every job entails and be treated like it's a normal job because it bloody well is. Gemini have almost never fought in the last two and a half years. We're so busy taking care of our other relationships and just finding time for each other. We don't have time to fight. And the thought of using something like her job against her is ludicrous to me. As I said earlier, we practice BDSM, and she's my baby girl. Terms like slut or whore, anything like that, are almost terms of endearment between us. They're not gonna have the effect that one might hope in the middle of an argument. I enjoy having her at semi-public events and using her um, in both a spanking or BDSM type manner as well as as a pass around girl uh, letting her get sex her way the way she wants not sex from guys trying to have sexual gratification with her again not something that's on the table to be used in the middle of a fight because it's not a big deal to us the fights we have had in the last two and a half years were when she had the pimp and let me tell you right now he was a piece of crap um, I argued with her quite a bit to get rid of him so that she could be safer and make more money and more recently uh, she was becoming emotionally attached to one of her clients and even though we are polyamorous and we do have other partners it stung a little bit to have her say that does it mean I would stop it if she decided to try and have a relationship? No. Does it mean that it hurt a little bit at that moment? Sure. I'd be lying if I said otherwise. Now, I've talked about her enjoying sexual encounters with me and when I stage for her to have other men. 
that's a choice, that's our choice, and she can actually enjoy that, as, you know, part of our dynamic, period, but, I cannot stress enough, she doesn't like being a sex worker, it's not about sex, it's literally about getting out of debt, she's some 60,000 in debt, and it has to get taken care of, and she has to get out of it. The second that that's done, she's done. This is not where she wants her life. It's not that she enjoys it. Um, it's what it is. If I can pass on a message to anyone who goes to see a service provider, it's pay them. Don't haggle with them. Don't argue with them. Don't try and tell them you don't have enough money. You're there for a service, the same as a tattoo, the same as going to a stripper, the same as getting a piercing. You're there for a service. Pay them what they're owed. End of discussion. To those of you who are listening, I appreciate you listening. I wish I could tell you more. Um, but there's so much to talk about, and without specific questions, I tend to ramble on and forget about what I was talking about. These girls come from every walk of life. They could be that 40-year-old grandmother. They could be that soccer mom. They could be that young teenager just starting out. I can't stress enough that they need to be taken care of. If you're dating them, they need to be treated like gold. I guess that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone for listening. So, one of the testimonials, uh, the gentleman said that he wants more government involvement in this industry. And I agree in the sense that I think we should decriminalize. So, he also mentioned licensing. I was not initially going to share this with people, but I decided might as well since I'm being overtly transparent nowadays. I ran into this issue uh, with licensing when I was unaware because I had not lived in Canada for a while. And apparently you needed a license to escort in this specific city in Canada. Uh, This was back in 2017. I posted one ad on Backpage. The first people that answered it were the police. And they pretended to be a John for about an hour and a half texting me. Uh, There were three of them. They came knocking at the door, asked if I was Ariana, my name at the time. I said yes. They came in, all three of them, with flashlights, asked who else was in there, asked to see my ID, sat me down. I was very confused. I asked if I was under arrest. They said no. In any case, the officer informed me that if I wanted to be a sex worker, I had to obtain a license. And obtaining a license meant going into the special area of the police department to register as an escort. And that would then be on government documents. And while I agree that there needs to be more safety for sex workers and we need to decriminalize, I do not agree with the licensing idea. Also, licensing is not legal, 
sex work is federally regulated. It is not based on provinces or municipalities, so it is illegal what they are doing. And I do not feel that it benefits sex workers to have them have to sign up and fill out paperwork on government documents saying they are sex workers. I feel that is best done through third-party organizations, which would happen with decriminalization. So I completely appreciate where that opinion is coming from, and I wholeheartedly agree, just maybe not in the practice. I can't thank everyone enough for being part of this episode and cannot wait to do season two's episode on this. Uh, The thing I said about there being a group for partners of escorts, I really genuinely believe something like that would benefit so many people. So if anyone out there has an idea of how you would all like to connect, or maybe I'll just email the show if you would like to get in touch with other partners of escorts, and I will find a way to create a forum where everyone can kind of talk to each other and maybe meet up or just vent if you'd like. I think that's a lovely idea. I have no idea how that's going to work out, but I am always interested in trying to find solutions to these kind of things. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Monday, everyone. And don't forget, stay curious out there.